what an awesome thing to realize that we have a place. That was part of Tom's motivation in the Christmas dinner is wanting everybody to have a place to eat with someone else and not be by themselves. It's a beautiful sentiment that scripture gives us over and over to make sure we're connected somewhere, somehow. Now, I go against the norm on some things, and the end of years is one of those. Because it seemed like growing up, everybody at the end of the year wanted to spend an awful lot of time reminiscing about the year we just finished. Now, I'm all for memories. I, I like telling stories about the past. My wife accuses me of exaggerating them, but she's incorrect. But I always, even as a kid, was like, why, why are we looking there? I, what's coming next? I always love to think, what's next? One of the churches I pastored, a wonderful lady who was in her 90s and couldn't see much anymore, was a wonderful saint of God. And while she was still able to, her daughter would take her to family events, get her out for a couple of hours and do that. And one of the neat things I loved in their relationship was whenever those events happened, the next time her daughter came to visit her, her mom would say, what's next? What's next? Now, part of it was she didn't have a lot to do. She couldn't do much anymore. And so to have something to focus on coming up. And so her daughter would say, well, it's so-and-so's birthday party in a month or Christmas or Thanksgiving. At her funeral, I said, you know, she has the best answer she ever received. What's next? <laughs> now, until that day comes for us, the question is, what's next where we are? So I want to take just a few moments this morning and look at that to look back slightly on this last year from a personal standpoint, but mainly to look ahead. Because frankly, it's time to get to it. Oh, we need to say thank you to one another and to God and to all kinds of people. But the next phrase, we need to not pause long before we say so let's get to it. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible on your devices, I invite you to turn with me the New Testament, the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. I've preached from this passage before, and I'll preach from it again because it's one of my favorites. In fact, verse 20 is my life verse for ministry. And as we look at this passage, I want you to think through the things to be thankful for, but then also, so what should we be doing? Where should we be headed next? Ephesians chapter 3, beginning of verse 14, it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge 
that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Now to him who is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. I need to pause and on behalf of Jody and I, just say thank you. 2021 had a lot of ups and downs, but it was our first full calendar year in Sterling. And you put up with us. Thank you. But seriously, when we take a look, we need to understand those things we should be thankful for. And first of all, I'm thankful for your faithfulness in prayer. Praying for one another, praying for needs around, praying for us and our family. If you have a moment Tuesday morning around 8, I'd appreciate you pray for me. Maybe more importantly, pray for Dr. Hanlon. I'm just going to be laying there while I get a hip replaced. If you're new and you wondered, this guy can't walk, you're right. But hopefully less than 48 hours from now, I can. After that. In fact, I mean, Jody can go faster than I can right now. And that's really embarrassing. We were over in Dixon a few weeks ago uh, doing a little shopping and window looking. That doesn't sound right. Uh, anyway, we were just looking around and seeing some of the lights and stuff that had gone up for Christmas. And <laughs> we were crossing the main drag there. And uh, I never used to think about how long do these lights stay green <laughs> until recently. In fact, we start heading across and now they have. It's generally helpful, but right now it's stressful for me. They have those countdowns that lets you know you're about to get hit. <laughs> you think of it as it's about to go red. I was going, I'm about to get hit in three, two, one. And we're, we're heading across and Jody's kind of looking at me and I go, save yourself, go. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be a lot better after Tuesday. But I am so grateful for your prayers and as so many of you have expressed that you're praying, and we need to keep in prayer for one another. I mean, this passage starts, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. I thank you for your generous actions and spirit. Oh, it was on full display yesterday. Those of you who had already donated things, those of you who helped in some setup, those of you who helped in the prep, those of you who helped there, even those of you who, those of you who thought and prayed for that day, and couldn't be there. But generous in spirit. Generous in actions. And we need to be a generous people. If anybody should be generous. It ought to be those of us who claim to be followers of Christ. Because we have the most to be generous with. Oh not always monetarily. But certainly spiritually and relationally. And we have the most to be generous for. Because we're looking forward to something so much greater than we have right now. So I thank you for your generosity. I thank you also 
for your willingness to stay in the battle. The last two years have not been easy, right? For all kinds of reasons. And as Tony said, everybody's got something from this last year. In fact, probably from these last two years that were big things. Whether it was just having to isolate and not be around people or much bigger than that as well. To be willing to stay in the battle. When I would talk with other pastors in this last year and a half in particular, we would be talking about people that have come back and haven't. And they go, well, what, what percentage of what you did have do you have now? And I go, well, I wasn't here before, but from what I can tell. And, and they go, wow, your people have come. I said, yeah. And I look at that not just for faithfulness, but a willingness to be in the battle. A willingness to battle for the souls of our community. To make a difference. Thank you. Also, thank you for your willingness to take a chance on a lot of stuff. And just forewarning, you ain't seen nothing yet on some stuff we may take some chances on. Because we serve a great God who can do more than we can imagine. And I don't think he wants us to waste that power and that abundance doing piddly things. If you're not old enough to understand, piddly means it doesn't matter much. <laughs> Your willingness to take a chance on us. You didn't have to, but you did. Thank you. And lastly, thank you for your encouragement. Throughout this last year, your encouragement to us, your encouragement to one another. Encouragement is a powerful thing. One of the characters in Scripture who does not get enough credit is Barnabas, the New Testament. You may not realize this, but Barnabas is not his name. That's his nickname. Any of you known by your nickname instead of your real name? Some of you are grateful for that, and some of you wish it never would have been uttered. Or some of you have nicknames in the family that that's the only place it ever gets used, to which you're eternally grateful. Barnabas is a nickname. His real name was Joseph, but he was called Barnabas because Barnabas means son of encouragement. You know, a lot of us get nicknames based on what we do, who we are, how we look. Imagine being such an encourager that they gave you the nickname of the encourager. I don't know about you, but I'll take that one. <laughs> what a way to be known. So thank you for your encouragement. Encouragement is always appreciated. But let's get to it. Enough looking back. Let's look forward. Let's get to what we should do. It is time to push forward. Not just because we're turning the calendar, but because we're ready. So what does that mean? This scripture tells me, first of all, it means let's be generous in our trust in Christ. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do. A lot more than we can imagine. A lot more than we can ask. A lot more than we can dream. We need to be generous in our trust in Christ. 
don't know if you've realized this or not, but God is never scared, scared, I'm not from Arkansas. God is never scared when we pray big prayers. We act like he is. Well, we can't pray for that. As if God's not big enough. Are you kidding me? He created the world. He sent his son for us and raised him so that we could have eternal life for all of us. He's not scared of our ideas. In fact, he's usually amused at how small they are. Even when we think it's big. Remember a pastor friend saying, anytime you think you have a big idea, multiply it by 10, then maybe God will take notice. <laughs> Let's be generous in our trust, realizing we serve a great God who has already done great things and wants to continue to do great things. So let's pray for, dream of, imagine, and act on how great he is. Secondly, let's get to it by stepping out in courageous faith because we have that trust in him. Verse 17 says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Christ dwelling in us. If he's in us, then we are filled with him. And if we are filled with him, we should be courageous in our faith because we already trust him. When we start to get timid, just pray for courage. To be courageous in our faith. Now, let me add in here that it needs to be things that God desires. Where we get in trouble is when we get courageous about things that are not what God wants. That's really reckless, not courageous. To be generous in our trust, courageous in our faith, and then let's love like Jesus. Well, how did Jesus love? He loved radically and passionately. Some, by human standards, would say recklessly. I love that song, Reckless Love. Oh, theologically, some people get bent out of shape by it, but I love the sentiment because it's saying that by human standards, God did stuff that made no sense because of how much he loved us. And he still does. He's still willing to do those things. And he still loves us that same way. So let's love. Love him that way and love others. Because the truth is, you can't love him radically and passionately if you're not loving those around you radically and passionately. Because we're to be like him. To love like he loves. Then let's encourage one another generously. You tired of the word generous yet? Encourage one another generously. It is rare that someone would complain and say, you encourage too much. Now, I can't, the reason I say rare, because when I was coaching, I, the number one criticism I ever got from parents is, you encourage the kids too much. They wanted me to yell at their kids a little more. So I yelled encouragement. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I don't get offended by encouragement. Do you? 
encouragement. Let's be generous in encouraging one another. Not being fake, not, not ignoring issues, but encouraging. When somebody's struggling, we can acknowledge the struggle, but encourage them that they don't have to stay in the struggle because of who Jesus is. You see, we need to realize, verse 20, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask, dream, imagine, and hope for. To be generous with each other in our encouragement. How different would things be in your home if you tried to out-encourage one another? How different would things be in here if we had a contest to see who could encourage each other the most? Or where do you work? I should have said this a week ago since it's Christmas season, but where do you shop? <laughs> Trust me, those clerks need some encouragement because they've heard other stuff. And then let's choose to not be easily offended. Ouch. Let's choose to not get offended so easily. Verses 14 through 16. For this reason, I bow my knees. If we're not going to get offended, we better be in prayer. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. In verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through your spirit in your inner being. It takes inner strength to not be offended. So let's be in prayer about it. Let's choose not to be easily offended. And this one goes right with it. Let's choose to release past offenses that have already happened. I already told you, I don't like the whole memory thing up to a, except up to a certain point. Let that stuff go. I love the story of a saint in one church who just said she, she had no stuff against other people. She had forgiven and God had helped her to do that and one guy was going, I don't believe you. <laughs> Why? He said, because I remember the time in this church and he named the person and what had been done. And it had been a lie about her. And it had been spread, not just in the church, but in the community. And said, I remember that. And said, you're telling me you've let that go and forgiven that person? She goes, I what are you talking about? He goes, oh, you have to remember. And he went through the whole thing. And it didn't even happen to him. But her answer was awesome. She said, you know, I distinctly remember forgetting that. <laughs> In other words, I distinctly remember forgiving and letting it go. Because I don't know if you're aware of it or not. But holding on to it does not hurt them. It only hurts you. And if I'm not easily offended, I don't have near as much to let go of. Then let's serve and give with joy and generosity. Can't you tell the difference when somebody serves you 
and they're actually enjoying serving you as opposed to the person who goes, now what? To choose to serve and give with joy and generosity. Because that's how Jesus does it. Abundantly. More than we can ask or imagine. To serve and give with joy and generosity. And if you don't already have it, if you pray for it, God will give it to you. It's an amazing thing when you see somebody who really enjoys what they're doing. I was in a retail establishment recently and the person who took care of me, I was like, they like what they're doing. Either that or they need an Academy Award because they sure acted like it. It's like, man, Lord, help me to serve that way. And they were doing it for a paycheck, not for eternity. How much more should we serve and give that way? Then let's be dependent completely on Christ. You see, the neat thing about all these other things is, if we depend on him, all those other things are easier. If I'm dependent on him, it's a lot easier not to be offended. And if I'm dependent on him, it's a lot easier to let go of those times when I have been. When I'm dependent on him, it's a lot easier to serve even in difficult circumstances and to do it with joy. Chick-fil-A was on to something when they forced their employees. And in the training, it's drilled into them so much it's automatic. When they wait on you and if you say thank you, they say my pleasure. You go, well, yeah, they're paid to do that. You're right. How much better if we just did that? In other words, if we served dependent completely on Christ and let others know it was him coming through us. For let's remember he is able and you can trust him. If you're not sure about that, just try it. Do a 30-day experiment. Or if you're a really negative person, try for three hours. See what happens. To serve like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to encourage like Jesus, because we can trust him. Now, if you're struggling, then you need to go back and ask, do I trust him? And if not, let's take care of that. But if you claim to trust him, then let's live based on that trust. And maybe the most important one is this next one. Let's start now. How many of you have already said, starting January 1, I'm going to? Yeah, I have to. Mine starts with walk without limping. But why do we always wait on these things till a little ways away? Oh, I, I, gotta, I can't start the diet till then because I've got to eat all this stuff I've currently got in the house. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I, I can't start the exercise thing because it's cheaper to start a membership on the first. And, 
one of the worst things we do in the church collectively is plan and not produce. We plan and then we don't do. I have shelves full of notebooks from seminars I've gone to. That's to my shame because most of them I didn't do. I planned it. That's a great idea. And then I came home. Here's the point. Why not now? I just got to get this done and this done. And how is that going to stop you from doing these things now? Let's start now. In fact, I think our motto for this year needs to be ready, go. You left one out. No, I didn't. Because we've done enough setting and sitting. We've done enough planning and talking. We sometimes fool ourselves into thinking talking about it is the same as doing it. We sometimes fool ourselves into thinking creating a chart for it means we've done it. <laughs> creating a spreadsheet for it means I've done it. Let's just do it. Nike didn't come up with that slogan, let's, you know, just do it. That was God a long time ago. We're already ready. Go, well, I'm not sure I'm ready. Well, he is. So if you're trusting him, you're ready. If I would have waited until I was ready to be a pastor, I would not be a pastor. Because I'm still not ready, as you well know. <laughs> If I would have waited until I was ready to be a husband, I'd be single. If we would have waited until we were ready to be parents, we'd have no kids, and more importantly, no grandkids. We're ready. Let's go. So take enough time to say thank you to who you need to thank, and then let's get to it. We don't have to wait till Saturday, the first. Let's just get to it. In fact, I think I'm just going to drive to the hospital and tell Dr. Hanlon, let's go. <laughs> Are you ready? Jesus, thank you for everything you've done and for what you're about to do. Thank you for this body of believers and their support and encouragement and today their patience. Lord, thank you for all that you have done in and through us this past year. As many difficult moments as we've gone through, we've really gone through many more awesome, joyous moments. Help us to remember that, but Lord, help us not to stay there. It's time. Lord, let's trust and act like you. We've done enough setting. We're ready. Let's get to it. In Jesus' name, amen.